and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. My name is Connor Haas, and I'm here with uh, Mike Shera. We are really excited to be with you and to dive into a topic today. So thanks for uh, being with us. Topic for today, uh, we want to get into kind of the meat of something that's come up in your preaching, Mike. We've been going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and it's this idea of receiving and then accepting the word. Uh, and specifically, we just want to talk today about how do I, as a believer, um, accept the word as God wants me to accept it, and then and then really treat it with the the reverence and delight and weight that God wants it to have in my life, and then apply it to my life and actually live with the word as the foundation of my life, rather than just a topping that's kind of sprinkled on and uh, and maybe adds to what I already do. So, Mike, let me kind of throw it to you. I've got First uh, Thessalonians two open in front of me, but I uh, I want to maybe just start with this question: How would you how would you explain that the difference between maybe someone just hearing the word and maybe respecting it or, or listening in part and somebody really uh, accepting at a deep level at a heart level the word of God great question let me try to paint a little picture here okay I think it's the difference between meeting someone and knowing that they're an acquaintance Okay, and then walking away and knowing that you're not going to become friends versus meeting someone and realizing, wow, you know, I want to marry this girl. <laughs> okay, like when you when you saw Emma, you know, and you're like, I don't want to just be an acquaintance. Right. I want to marry this. Not this interested. Woman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's that big of a difference. For example, when you look in. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, We also thank God constantly. And I love that picture. Like, literally, Paul and Silas and Timothy were having a Thanksgiving service all the time. All the time. Yeah. About what, what God did in the hearts of people such that they would bring the Word of God into their life and, and really be married to it, okay? And with no, with no divorce, Okay, right. and you never bring it out. You just like this is always this is, it. This is my life yeah. from here on out. Yeah. Here's where you can find me now in the Bible from here on out. Yep. We always we also thank God constantly for that when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, and that receiving that's paralambano, and the Greek word there literally means to to kind of receive it, hear it outwardly. Okay, the outward hearing of the word of God. Mm-hmm. So whether it's reading the Bible or listening to it or having someone preach it to you or share it to you. It says when you heard the word that that you uh, excuse me when you heard the word you received it right you received the word of God which you heard from me it says you accepted it and that's dekomai it's a different Greek word and that word is very rich and it literally is their inward welcoming it's like a welcome mat you have the welcome mat open out there all the time but not just the welcome mat you know the ring doorbell is is not keeping the word out like you're not going I'm just gonna you know. I'm just gonna not, not gonna answer the door on this one. This is where you've opened the door, the welcome mat's out, you open the door, and you say, this is now the absolute driving new foundation of my life from here on out. Because he said that you didn't receive it as the word of man, but as the word of God which does its work and you believe, you who believe in, right. uh, it's the, the, we get our word energy from the does its work. God is doing something, you know how I say the Spirit of God uses the Word of God in the lives of the people of God for the glory of God. That's the idea behind it. So literally, it's it's you're married to the Word. You're you're always 
It's it's you're accepting it. You bring it into your life, and it's it's it becomes the foundational driving truth that now supersedes everything else and everything. When we talk about be having a biblical worldview, this is not just tacking on something. And I mentioned before that some people see the word of God like as a condiment, just mm-hmm. complimentary. Like it's like mustard or ketchup or it's right. it's like chocolate sauce yeah. or caramel sauce on ice cream. Something that would be nice to have, but yeah. not absolutely necessary. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, some people would see it as more of a something they possess, something that furnishes their life and it, it makes it better. It's like a nice addition. And what these verses are telling us and what the Bible really screams at us all the way through is, oh no, <laughs> the Bible ought to be complete bedrock to your life that drives everything. Right. You don't add it in as an additive. Yeah. It does its work in those who believe and and, and saves and sanctifies and changes. So that's that's right. the idea. Yeah. Can you maybe talk about some of the ways that you've seen people go off the rails with this? Because I think if someone's a believer, well, foundational level, if someone's a believer, they've obviously had their heart changed so that they actually do hear the words of Christ now, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus says, you know, my sheep know me, they hear my voice. So everyone who's really a believer at least in some sense, they really do love the word, they listen to it, they hear it, um, they understand it. Mm-hmm. But obviously all of us struggle to to have the word be the bedrock foundation of every part of our life. And we want it to be the thing that animates our mm-hmm. deepest desires, deepest beliefs, deepest worldview convictions, that it would literally hold down and guide and direct every aspect of my life. But that's really that can be really challenging. So can you maybe just talk about some of the ways that you've seen people go astray or fail to mm-hmm. to really have the word function in that way in their life? Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes your your mind can start to wander onto other things, and that's sin. I think your life can drift away from the word of God. You don't you just don't go to it. You don't you don't right. go to that well. That's sin. I think you can get calloused because of sin. Like if you're choosing to do certain things in your life, you're not going to want the Word of God. And I think a lot of Christians will live like this. They're like, oh, I love Jesus. And the Word of God is fully uh, uh, up for grabs. And what what I mean by that is a lot of Christians will, will, will say, well, Jesus, yeah, He never changes. He's amazing. But the Word... I get to figure that out. I get to call all the shots. And I would point people back to exegesis first. The Word of God means something specific. The meaning of Bible words matter. What the church believed in the first century matters. What, yeah. what Abraham believed matters. Right. You know, back uh, in, in Genesis. What, what, the, what all believers in, 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 in the Messiah have believed in all times is the bulk of Orthodox Christian teaching. Nowadays, though, because of uh, because of so many you know postmodern views, my truth is just as valid as yours, or the Enlightenment that says, "Hey, unaided human reason c- can get you to God." All these lies, uh, and even people saying, "How dare you say that you know something is an idol in my life, uh, where I get to, it's my truth, you know this, that, and the other." It's it isn't everyone for themselves in the Christian community. It is literally Jesus and the Word for you know, like. For Christ and Scripture, we live for Christ and Scripture. We live for Christ, Jesus, and the Gospel. And even Jesus even said, "Like you'll be persecuted if you live for for my sake and the Gospel." Right. 
Yeah, no, it's so true. I, I have a maybe this is a, maybe a little bit of a curveball. I don't mean it to be, but question for you. I've been thinking about this recently. We obviously just speaking of the word, we live in a time where everybody has their own copy of the word, right? Mm-hmm. And praise God for that. But it's it hasn't been true throughout the whole history of the church. And you mentioned even you know Abraham, and you mentioned Christians in the first century. How would you? How would you say um, that these truths about needing to accept the word have remained constant throughout the entire history of the church? And then uh, uh, what maybe unique blessings do we have now in this kind of era as everybody has their own copy of the Bible? Mm-hmm. Does that question make sense? I, I don't know if sure. I it very Now, well. how, how we know that the belief has stayed constant? I, I guess I'm saying, is there anything that's unique to our time where everybody has their own copy of the Bible? Oh, right, right. You know, is there like, what is unique about that? Mm-hmm. And then what has stayed constant through all the centuries, even, you know, back when okay, people's only gotcha. hearing of the word was when they, you know, showed up sure, you know, okay. to be with the believers on Sunday. Yes. So here's the thing. Okay. So let's start with what's unique right now. We all have a copy of the scriptures, but yeah. not just one copy. We have at our fingertips on our phones, we can get every every translation, translation get every yeah. and what everyone says about it and and all of that right i mean when i when i look up a bible verse that i'm you know you know the half the verse i just google it and it pops up immediately just part of that word and the the word just fills you know the whole internet it's it's the gospel has never been out further and more pervasively than it has at this moment in time mm-hmm. and the gospel has never been more twisted hmm. than at any other time in history as this time right and I think the unique blessing is also can be somewhat of a, we bring a curse upon ourselves hmm. Because if we, we the one who has the word uh, has a higher responsibility to do the word. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Don't deceive yourself. And I, I remember the line of a, of a poem uh, that I, I read early on as a new believer. And there was this one line that just said, uh, about the gospel and about the word of God, maybe if it were illegal, Everyone, you know, would want to be free. You know, Jesus said that the truth, you'll know the truth. Uh, John 8, 32, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. Well, maybe if it were illegal, then everyone, everyone would want to be free. Hmm. And I, I, that, I've never forgotten that line. And it's like, yeah, because in places where the word of God is has been banned, it's interesting that, that believers cherish it more. Right where we will throw things around and and act like it's up for grabs. And I think this this whole idea of the central place of scripture in the life of a Christian needs to be either either you know entrenched into your life or recaptured in your life. But the central place of scripture it is not optional. It is essential. And I think you know the idea of the constancy through the through the through the just thousands and thousands of years. And we're young earth people, you know, but it's like the, but the constancy over 10 to 12,000 years of God has given his word and it's, it's truth that we need and it's mm-hmm. truth that will transform our lives. Mm-hmm. The constant is that what the early church believed is what the, the, the true church believes today right, right. About, about the Trinity, about Jesus, about scripture, about its authority. You know, when people say, you know, and I say it a lot, this is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, authoritative, conscience-binding, eternal, perfect Word of God. And you can add anything else that the Bible says about it. And then we turn and say, but whatever you think, no, no, let's go back to, let's go back to Genesis and say, what does a day, what does the word day mean in Hebrew? And realize that almost 
pretty much every time it's used, it means a 24-hour period of day. That's going to drive you to believe in, set, in the literal days of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean when it says that that the Word of God is perfect? It means it's without error. It means it, it's not going to lead you in the wrong way. It's not going to lead you astray. And it means you can bank your life upon it. But what does it mean where it says that He chose us before the foundation of the world? It means that He actually did that. And, and to explain it away uh, cheapens right. what God has given us. Right. And we don't want to cut it down. So the, the beliefs are constant. And I do think that more Christians should read a good theology book from the past, not just the ones that are getting written now. And some of them are really good, like MacArthur and Mayhew, Biblical Doctrine, or Systematic Theology by Grudem. But go back to Burkhoff, go back to Hodge, go back to some others that basically were you know, uh, collecting what the Bible says about this, 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 and this that Christians have always believed. Read some of the early church fathers. You can get them for free online all over the place. CCEL.org. Um, you know, my library, I've got the works of John Owen right here, right? Yep, yep. In 16 volumes. There they are. You've got plenty of things you can read. Calvin's Institutes, whatever you want to read. Yeah. But go back and, and find out what happened in the 4th and 5th centuries. Find out how many heresies right now a modalism where people are saying the Trinity really isn't a thing, and, and, and it's very clear biblically it is. Arianism, mm-hmm. uh, Pelagianism, all right, these right. these these there's heresies. New. No, yeah. there's nothing new, but they but they were they're now present in their current form, and people are like, oh well, yeah, it's like no, the church needs to stand up and say mm-hmm. this is wrong. So it is amazing it's to see. It's amazing to see some of the things that that past generations of Christians have have believed in and even died for. Mm-hmm. That we, you know, either take for granted or aren't that interested in defending now. Um, maybe yeah. just one final question for you. Maybe someone's listening to this and they're, even as we're talking, they're just convicted because they can't even hardly think of the last time they opened their Bible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they've been they've been showing up at church, but their weeks are busy and they're just, they're not making time to get in the Word. How would you maybe encourage, challenge, even admonish, really just encourage though. How would you encourage somebody who's in that spot to maybe just recommit or put to uh, take a step on a new path towards having the word be central in their life. That's a great question. So in First Thessalonians five fourteen, it says, "We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all." So, listeners, you again, you might be in the category of the idle, where you're just like not working hard in the word. Okay, you might be. Faint-hearted, where you're just you're overcome by life's problems. You might be just weak, where you're like, I just don't know where to turn. And you might you need to have we need to deal with you patiently. Okay, so everyone sh- we should empathize with where people are at, but we should not be content with where people are at because Ephesians four says that the whole body, as the, as each part does its part, will cause the growth of the body to build itself up in love into Christ, into mm-hmm, the head, mm-hmm. who is Christ. Which means that every part of the body takes responsibility for other Christians right. that are in their local right. local assembly. And I would just say this, like, you don't want to stay in a place of, of a quandary. Most Christians that aren't in the Bible, most Christians aren't in the Bible as much as they want to be. And it's not like they go, and I'm so happy about that. So the fact that you know that you're miserable because of it is because sin will make you miserable and the word brings joy. Okay, mm-hmm. and the word brings conviction, and the mm-hmm. word brings direction and protection and growth, and and what God is doing a work through the word in your life. So avail yourself to it as much as you can. Be you know, I would just say you want to be more sure. And Second Peter one verse nineteen says we have something more sure. 
the word of God, Amen. okay? The yeah. prophetic word yeah. in which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from one's own interpretation. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they, they were carried around along by the word by the Holy Spirit. This is just like 1 Thessalonians 2.13. You accept it, you heard the word, you received it. You accepted it as the word of God. Right which does its work in you who believe. And I would just say, believers, there you we can't understate this. Get in the word, get in the word daily. Get in the word multiple times daily. Get in the word with other believers. Hear the word as much as you can. Dial up your Bible app, let it speak to you, right? Let, let the word mm-hmm. speak, you can, you can do the audible part of it. Read it with your eyes, hear it with your ears. Get the word in your heart and life and then open up, the, uh, op- have the welcome mat open and say, yeah. I'm gonna accept it, yeah. I'm not gonna resist it. Yeah. I, you, it's welcome in my life because it drives my life. Yeah, Super. I can't. I can't be too strong about that. Yeah, no, I know. Thanks for that encouragement. Super helpful, um, listeners. I hope that's an encouragement to you. It's an encouragement, I think, to anyone who's hearing that to just let the word immerse their life and completely anyone can and immerse their word, their life in the word. Go yes, ahead. Anyone can do this. It's not like I'm not sensitive. To, there's been plenty of times in my life where I haven't read the Bible all the time, but by the grace of God, you know, for the last. 25 years, 20, 30 years, I've been consistent in the word. And I'm not keeping track every day, but I read the word every day. And it's more than one time a day. Like, oh, it's because you're preaching. No, it's because I need the word of God. And I know I need the word. And I always say my friends are better people than me. And so I need the word more than everybody else. So I get to (laughs) preach my sermon three times every Sunday and prep it all week because I need it more than everybody else. Look, I know the depths of my own sin and my wretchedness of my own heart. I know that I cannot live without the word of God. It is my food, it is my bread, it is my sustenance, it is, it is my very life. Okay, the, the word, the word, uh, you can never be apart from the word as a Christian. There's just no, there's no picture that would be biblically accurate where someone could say, I love Jesus, but I don't love the word of God. Well, uh, you, you, you need to love the word of God. There's, there's just no biblical um, you know, argument you can make where you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't read the Bible. Uh, no, you're not then. Yeah. Just know you're not. Yeah. And and I mean that with love. I mean that with sincerity. There's nothing you need more today than the Word of God. Because the Spirit of God uses the Word of God in the lives of the people of God for the glory of God. Christ and Scripture. Amen. Amen. Everybody listening, we uh, we love you guys and we're thankful for you. And we pray for you. Thanks for listening today. We'll be back with you next week on the Ordinary Church Podcast. So until then, uh, be in the Word and love the Word and feed on the Word and digest the Word and put out the welcome mat. Uh, We love you and we'll talk to you next time. Have a great day. God bless you.